Pixar's management and staff to wonder whether there would ever be a Pixar feature film at all. Many in Hollywood wondered whether audiences would even sit through a full-length film in the new medium of computer animation. It was unclear whether computer animation would prove to be a sterile novelty that would quickly wear thin. Before long, however, Pixar was no longer the supplicant. A succession of beloved and commercially successful feature films, starting with the 1995 release of Toy Story, and also including A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters Incorporated, Finding Nemo, and The Incredibles, made Pixar the world's dominant animation studio. Disney made a fortune distributing the films. When Pixar's majority owner and CEO, Steve Jobs, cut off contract talks with Disney in early 2004, as the end of their distribution contract was in sight, the business press focused on the question of how Disney would cope. By then, it was Disney that seemed to need Pixar. The distribution of Pixar's films made up around 45% of the operating income from Disney's film operations. Disney's internal market research showed that mothers of young children trusted the Pixar brand more than Disney's. With the acquisition, Lasseter was soon to hold the newly confected titles of Chief Creative Officer for Disney and Pixar Animation and Principal Creative Advisor for Disney's worldwide theme parks and resorts. The success of Pixar's films had brought him something exceedingly rare in Hollywood, not the house with the obligatory pool in the backyard and the Oscar statuettes on the fireplace mantel, or the country estate, or the vintage Jaguar Roadster, although he had all of those things, too. It wasn't that he could afford to indulge his affinity for model railroads by acquiring a full-size 1901 steam locomotive, with plans to run it on the future site of his 20,000-square-foot mansion in Sonoma Valley wine country. Even Walt Disney's backyard train had been a mere one-eighth scale replica. None of these was the truly important fruit of Lassiter's achievements. What success had brought him, most meaningfully, was freedom. Having created a new genre of film with his colleagues at Pixar, he had been able to make the films he wanted to make, and he was coming back to Disney on his own terms. Lasseter was on hand that morning in Anaheim to whip up enthusiasm for the acquisition and for Pixar's forthcoming films, Cars and Ratatouille. Iger had teased the audience earlier in the morning with a bit of misdirection, pretending to build up to an introduction of Lasseter and then changing the subject. When Iger was finally ready to bring him on, Lasseter met with energetic applause and whooping and yelling as the sound system played a few bars of the signature song of Toy Story and Toy Story 2, You've Got a Friend in Me. When Lasseter speaks on stage, his exuberant gestures and delivery make it seem as if he's filling the room. His voice, although slightly nasal, is still warm and appealing. For the Disney stockholders meeting, my wife said, You've got to dress up, John, he began. So I wore black tennis shoes. The crowd laughed and gave him another smattering of applause. He recalled his high school afternoons, running home to catch Bugs Bunny cartoons on Channel 11. He told of finding the book The Art of Animation by Bob Thomas and realizing that some people actually earned a living from making cartoons. That's what I wanted to be, he said. He remembered working on the Jungle Cruise ride and the corny bits of comedy that the ride operators tossed off to enliven the show. Elsewhere, 
He had told friends that the experience brought him out of his shell and gave him confidence in front of people. Apparently, it worked. My favorite joke is, remember the natives that are on the pole and the rhino was there? You'd come up and say, oh, there they are. It's the famous Huntus tribe. They've been lost for a long time. Oh, look, the rhino is trying to Pocahontas. He recounted joining Disney's animation division fresh out of the California Institute of the Arts and seeing one of the early trials of 3D computer animation. I knew that Walt would have loved this, he said. He elided over the disappointment he'd felt as a young man in trying and failing to get the studio to embrace the new technology. Keeping his presentation upbeat, he said simply, So I followed my dream to work with one of the most amazing people I've ever known in my life, Ed Catmull. The 61-year-old president of Pixar, Dr. Edwin Catmull,